Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right, how are you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of The Cutting Room Floor. Do not adjust your uh, settings. I am on TalkShoe today, uh, quite frankly, because I have the day off, and I can. And uh, every once in a while, I like to slip in a little bit of an extra show. I, I think that my guest today might have actually set off a bit of a, a tradition on The Cutting Room Floor. This is the day after the Academy Awards. Everybody that knows me knows that, uh, you know, traditionally, this is a big deal for me. I take a long weekend from work, and going a bit of a binge watching in terms of trying to see as many of the movies as I can. I stay up way too late and watch Jimmy Kimmel and then get up and watch more movies So because my life is that interesting. And uh, I mean, I, I had a funny little story to share with you guys because I was up really late after Kimmel and I turned on and it was Beverly Hills Cop 3 and I was teasing my guest today about this. Louis Lombardi, who was my guest today, was actually in Beverly Hills Cop 3, and, of course, dozens of other things. I mean, you probably recognize him most from 24, but uh, he was in The Sopranos and Entourage and NYPD Blue and uh, the reboot of Fantasy Island and one of my favorite films of all time, The Usual Suspects. Uh, so when the opportunity presented itself because he was looking to crowdfund a campaign that he was working on uh, to for him to actually stop by the show, I mean, I jumped at the chance because this was going to be a lot of fun, I thought, to have this conversation. It was supposed to be on the show yesterday. We had a bit of a mix-up in terms of what technology we were going to use, but luckily I had the time off, so, you know, here we go. Um, also, before we get started, I should also add that uh, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, then I want to hear from you. So the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. Uh, you can ask anybody that knows me. I'm on there all the time. My Twitter handle is at CuttingRoomMRB, or you can like me on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash CuttingRoomMRB. Uh, but I digress, and with a big thank you to Chris Raffaelli, who uh, was uh, very instrumental in terms of the introduction here and, and setting this up. My guest today is Louis Lombardi, uh, who is uh, working on a project called Buddies uh, that is currently on Indiegogo, from my understanding, and uh, sort of an action buddy comedy film uh, that he's here to tell us all about, and hopefully a few more other stories besides. So without further ado, the cutting room floor proudly welcomes Louis Lombardi. Lois, how are you? Hi. Good, man. How you doing? Good, good. So the first question I always have for everybody when they're on here for the first time is, uh, did I get all of your bio information right, or is that close enough for rock and roll, as I like to say? You got most of it. You know, you got most of it. That's some cool, you know, it was good. Okay, good, good. All right. Um, so I, I guess we can sort of jump right into it. You're currently crowdfunding on, on a film called Buddies, right? Yes, on Indiegogo. We're, we're trying to do a – you know, I'm trying to recreate, like, the buddy franchises that are no longer out there, kind of like uh, the David Spade, Chris Farley's, the Abbott and Costello's, the you know Blues Brothers. You know, I, I think that's gone out of cinema, and I and I think that was kind of like such a great part of the '80s and '90s is the buddy franchise uh, concept, and there is no longer, you know. 
Well, no, in, in terms of like a buddy action film, or, or what? So, like, or are you looking straight more like the the slapstick comedy, like you said, Abbott and Costello and, and things like that? No, I'm actually looking for like like the uh, like a new kind of version of the not the slapstick, but like buddy like buddy comedies, you know, you know, like with two guys play not the same characters, not sequels, but same, you know, different characters in different movies, but still playing buddies, like. Kind of like Chris Farley and David Spade did, you know. So, so would you say that that was the last example where you where you think the people kind of got it right, more or less? Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. You know, these days it's like you know Seth Rogen and Frank James Franco, you know, you know. But back in the days, those movies like this, I think Spade and Farley kind of were the last kind of uh, team to like really be successful at that. Well, I'll throw another couple of guys out at you, just because I mean I'm a big movie buff, of course. But but uh, what what would you say to somebody like, say Vince Vaughn and John Favreau that teamed up a few times? Yeah, but they weren't really a buddy comedy team. You know, the movies were they weren't like you know in the movies as buddies and playing them. You know, like like kind of like Falling in Spade were. You know what I'm saying? Where it was constant in the movie with them. And I love Vince Vaughn and and John Favreau. I think mm-hmm. they're both great, actually. You know? uh, okay, well, I'll throw another uh, you know group out at you that's maybe a little bit closer to some of the work that you've done. But but in terms of um, you know, say the analyze this and analyze that movies with Billy Crystal and, and Robert De Niro. Yeah, that was that 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 was kind of cool. But again, that went back to being sequels. Right, right. I'm so talking you, about making. I'm talking about making films like Spade and Folly did, where like Tommy Boy and. You know, they did different characters but playing buddies in different movies, you know? If you, look back, if you look back at Abbott and Costello, you know, they didn't do sequels. They did different movies, different characters in different movies, but they were still buddies, you know? So so is this uh, idea that you came up with, you know, sort of stemming from your love of those kinds of things? or, or Yeah, uh, of course. Growing up, you know, growing up, I was a big movie person, you know? And I used to love buddy comedies, buddy movies like that, you know, where it was like, you know, it's, it was just almost a ride. The movie was a ride. It wasn't just watching a film, you know. And uh, I miss that. I kind of do. I miss that in, 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 in movies today. You know, everything today is a is a sequel, a Spider-Man movie, a Batman movie, Batman 25, you know, Iron Man 9. It's like, you know, they they don't go back to really making fun films like that. Very few. I mean, there are, there are some, there are very few, but I think it's more like, you know, more about the big monster movies than the kind of buddy franchise or even storytelling movies. You know, there's very few movies that tell stories these days. Very few. So so what can you tell us about, you know, the concept that you've come up with, right? But, what you know, I came you... up with, you know, I kind of wrote this movie based on, back in the, in the 80s, there was a movie that Brian De Palma directed called Wise Guys. I remember that one. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite movies growing up, you know, with Piscopo and Danny DeVito. And I kind of I kind of wrote this movie, like, based on that kind of vibe, you know, where these two guys are, are on the run from these guys and they're just trying to get out of town and get the money and get out, get out before they get, you know, killed. And uh, I kind of modernized it with, with the stylization, the way I want to film it, as true romance. So I want to kind of have that kind of fun humorous kind of side of the film with the with the wise guys was 
mixed with the with, with like the stylized and the and the quick pace and the feel of a true romance. So if you kind of marry both of those movies together, that's what I want buddies to be like. You know, wise guys meets true romance. Uh, that that would be one hell of a ride. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I always yeah. thought true romance true romance was so stylized and the and it was such a well well put together film and the characters and I love characters in movies. You know, I like when you watch like like when you watch True Romance. I mean, you had Brad Pitt as a stoner. You had Michael Rappaport. You had you had Christopher Walken. I mean, you had major actors that were playing character actors. You know what I'm saying? You know, which Dennis is, Hopper. Which is what, what Dennis Hopper? Right, Dennis Hopper. I mean, come on. You know, uh, Chris Penn, Tom Sizemore. I mean, you go down the line on that movie, you had some movie stars that were character actors and, and, and played it well, you know? And that, to me, is what, what, like, what, what, what I want to try to do with buddies. So, so I, I mean, to that extent, are you going to try to line up a bunch of people that you've worked with in the past that you get along with? Ha- we already have them attached. Oh, you do? Okay, cool. All yeah, right. we what have some. When I, when I, the, first, the first time around, uh, when, I, when I tried to make this movie last year, we had so many great actors attached. We had Eddie Griffin. We had uh, Michael Madsen. We had Christopher Lloyd. We had, uh, man, we had Ken Davidon from Barat. We had Mike Starr. We had Richard Portnow. I mean, char- every character actor that you've ever watched in the last 10, 20 years of movies, we were, they were in this movie, you know? And then, uh, you know, the financing kind of fell through with the investors. And I said, let me take it back out. And now, you know, now I'm going for, you know, a different cast of crew. I'm trying to go, you know, we had Eddie Griffin, you know, attached. We, so this, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to go after like a Mickey Rourke or maybe a Christopher Walken. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do, you know, reinvent the film as as you go. You know. Uh, I mean, I, I know that you've written it and you, and then you plan on directing it too. But are you actually going to star in it yourself as well? You know, there's another actor. His name is Jeremy Luke. You can check him out at Jeremy Luke. I think he's on Twitter at Jeremy Luke or whatever. And he, 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 I would like him to play my partner in the film. He's kind of pretty uh, successful. He's done a bunch of pilots in the last, uh, in the last two years. And I would, I would want to star in it with him if I, if, if, if I could. Have you actually approached him about it? Yeah, he loves it. He's definitely down to do it. Okay, good, good. Yeah, he's um, definitely in. You know, he did Mob City. He was one of the stars of Frank Darabont's last show called Mob City. Yeah, I remember and that too. Yeah. yeah, and he played Nicky Cullen, so he was basically the star of the movie, uh, the show. And if it would have went, he would have been the star of Mob City. And I played his bodyguard in the movie. So, you know, we kind of worked together already, and we're kind of friends. And he's a good, great dude, and very successful. You know, young kid from Staten Island who's really killing it. Now, I, I know that this isn't your first time directing. I was on your IMDb page there. You, you've actually done two other things, from what I understand, right? Yes. One of them was called Doughboys. And Doughboys was, was shot in my neighborhood in the Bronx. It was about two family, about two brothers who, uh, who own a bakery in the Bronx, and it kind of gets a little messed up, and the family kind of gets, uh, you know, almost torn apart from, from bad decisions. And, uh, you know, I kind of made it, I, I, I try to make the movie not a gangster film, but a family film where, you know, you kind of appreciate your family after watching this movie. And I got that from a lot of people who saw it and viewed it, and it kind of made me feel good about that, you know. I, I don't want to see every Italian-American as a gangster or spitting on themselves, you know. I'd want to see 
more about, you know, Italian-Americans are family-oriented. They're all about family, you know, eating on Sundays and cooking. And, and that's what Doughboys was about, was about bringing families back, you know. And I'm kind of proud of that movie. You can get it on Netflix. If you go to Netflix and type in Louis Lombardi and go to Doughboys, you can watch the film, you know, and you can, you know, and you can see what I'm, you know, where I'm my, one of my first, like, heart projects. It took me 12 years to make that movie. 12 years, really? Yeah. You know, you keep pitching, and like I said, if, if people don't see, you know, explosions or, you know, uh, Channing Tatum with no shirt on or, you know, Seth Rogen farting somewhere, you know, people go, oh, who wants to see that, you know? But there's real stories out there to be made, and I, and I kind of appreciate young filmmakers that go out there and make these movies and if they don't get seen, they don't get seen, but their heart is still on the screen. You know, it doesn't matter if if your mom sees it or a million people see it. If you go out and you can make it and, and be proud of it, then that's a big accomplishment in, in any business. But, but I, I, in a weird kind of way, though, there, there's a bit of a paradox that goes along with that. And I'm reminded of uh, a quote that, that uh, Alejandro Inarato, uh, the director of Birdman, came out with last night when I was watching the Academy Awards. He goes, the only true test of a film's quality isn't the amount of awards that it wins, but but time, right? And, it, I mean, would you would you agree with that in the sense that, you know, maybe if you leave it out there long enough that people are going to start to appreciate it for the work that it was? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like anything. It's like, you know, when people, get a, when people are done watching the 17, like, superhero movies that come out, you know, and eventually they go to Netflix or whatever movie it might be, whatever platform, and they go, well, let me check this out. And then people start to get, it catches on. And so people start to go, oh, wow, wow, look at that. That's an interesting story. And, and that's what I've got from people. And I've got this from people who go, who like now call me like years later and go, hey, wow, we just saw your movie on Netflix and it was such a great story. And I'm like, Really? Like, and I'm like, what made you watch the movie? And like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, what would make you go, well, you know, first of all, you know, like, we're fans of yours, and then we watched it, and, and uh, you know, and, 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 and we really love the theme of the family, and, you know, because it's, it's about brothers, and it's about, you know, you know business, and, 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 and what, you know, what, what bad choices can, can, how can they destroy a family, or how they can bring families back together even stronger. So, you know, and my film was in like 15 festivals, the film Doughboys. And when I went to all the festivals around the country with it, right, people were done watching it and people were coming up to me so touched and crying and going, wow, I'm going to go home and call my brother or my cousin who I haven't spoke to in five years. I was like, really? They were like, yeah, the story was so, was so touching, like to, to families that, you know, I was kind of, really taken back by it, by the reaction of the audience, you know, which I found to be, which I found to be really, 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 really amazing. And, and, and still till today, I get some twi- tweets and Facebook comments of people going, I just watched Old Boys, man. It was so great. The movie was great. A lot of people compare the movie, especially the reporters and the reviewers and stuff, to It's a Wonderful Life. Well, that, that's a tall order, right? I mean, that, that had to have made you feel good. Yeah, you know, and I've, I've really never seen the film, The Wonderful Life. And when people compare it to that film, and then I kind of watched it, like, afterwards, like, you know, eight years after, they go, let me see, you know, what they're talking about. And it was kind of like you said, it was kind of like, wow, that's amazing. Because up until I made the movie, even until a few years ago, I really never saw The Wonderful Life. 
And and that was the majority, even the audiences that were coming up to me. I mean, you know, I would go to these cities, Phoenix, Palm Beach, uh, Kansas City, New York. Uh, even even I even went to Whistler, Canada. I was in there. And people were just coming up to me after the screenings, crying and just, like, so touched. And I would be like, I, I was actually proud of that. Even though the movie wasn't going to be in 3,500 theaters, I was so proud of the 500 people that came to each screening and, and said that to me. And that alone, to me, was satisfaction of making the movie, you know, even if you didn't make a dollar. It's just to touch people and to go, wow, that's pretty cool. And that's what I'm trying to do with the buddies. With the buddies, I'm trying to recreate these two characters who go on these adventures film after film. I have several other scripts written for the same characters, and I'm, I'm not sequels. But other role, other 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 adventures that they can go on, you know. So sort of sort of standalone things that they can, but, but featuring the same two guys and a different set of background characters. And, and exactly, that. exactly, okay. right, 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 two, right. Standalone, <clears throat> but you know, you're not like isn't it tied into any other movie. Um, which would be good because that way, you know, fans, you know, if you, if you do pick up a fan base, that people could sort of pick up whatever film in the series that they wanted to and not feel completely lost like they were moving into a new neighborhood, right? Exactly, 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 you're right. Exactly the way, you know, and you can watch a whole fresh, clean slate of a new story. More of a story, I want these films to be adventures. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I want, yeah. I, yeah, I want when you sit down to, like, you know, in the movie theater to have to, like, basically, you know, imaginary buckle your seatbelt kind of mentality, you know? So, you yeah, I mean, know. I'm getting the impression from you that, that directing is something that you really enjoy. Like, I've, I've talked to a lot of actors on this show where they, they take it out for a ride and they say, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm an actor, the first thing I want to do is direct, but once they actually get behind the camera, that this isn't really something that they enjoy. It sounds to me like you actually do enjoy it. Oh, I enjoy directing. I probably more than acting, to be honest. You do? Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. It's like, it's probably my biggest passion in in entertainment is to direct, is to be able to sit home. and, And, you know, I write a lot of these scripts because I think writing is the hardest part of the business. So, I, I would say I would say I'm an okay writer, and that's why I have writers come in and help me polish up and do scripts, you know, and kind of make them better. Get you know, as an actor, I think I'm you know I'm, I'm somewhat of an okay actor, I guess you know, and I, I think I, I think I will excel as as at a, at directing. I think that will be my strength in my in my career. So, so what is it about the the appeal? Like maybe in your own words, what is it about it that you like versus acting? I just love the creative process of it all, of the clothes, of the wardrobe, of the scene, of where the camera moves, of, of, of what the lighting looks like, of, of what the actors are saying and, and how they're interacting with each other. And, and, and like I said, camera movements and shots and, and music to scenes and, and just there's so much that, that, I, that I love as a director, as an actor. You know, you're put in a position, you go, okay, you're going to go here, and if you want to change your words around a little bit, you can. And if you want to kind of, you know, do – but you'll have, you'll have minimal say as what you can really do as an actor, unless you're Brad Pitt and going, hey, I'm doing this and that's yeah. it, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if you're an actor on a set and you're on a job, you're, like, told, okay, stand here, hit your mark, know your lines, and shut up and do your shit, right? But, but when you're directing, 
you get to create the, the whole vision. You're like, okay, I don't like that shirt. I want a different shirt. I want a funnier shirt. Or I want a more serious shirt. You know, I want the camera to move, and I want it to pan in. I want it to stop, and I want it to drop, and I want it to go up. And, you know, I want this crazy kind of cool visual style. You know, to me, that's the way my mind works. Even when I'm on set as an actor, I'm like, I want to be – it's so bad sometimes. I want to be like, hey, can we move the camera? And the director will be like, all right, shut up and hit your mouth and know your lines, you know? So you have a kind of limited role as an actor. You know, which is still, which is still can be the most powerful part of the movie. Like when Twenty Four, you know, my character was 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 so lovable when I played Edgar on Twenty Four that people still come up to me years later crying and hugging me. So, you know, you know, you made a major impact with people as a character on shows. You know, when I did Sopranos, same thing. People still come up to me and go, "Oh my God, Sopranos!" And Alcatraz, same thing. As an actor, I feel I've had a great career where I've made, in, um, you know, impact on people's lives as an actor and as, a, as, a, as, 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 you know, as that kind of, you know, as that kind of position as an actor. But as a director, I think the impact I can make, you know, with myself and with the people can be, if not bigger than my acting career was, which, like I said, I have so much stuff in my head and, stuff I like and where you want to shoot. And, you know, like I said, when you're, when you're directing, you're not just thinking about the lines. That's like the last part of that because that's the actor's job. What you're thinking about is piecing a movie together and making it look like one big adventure for two hours or however long the film is, you know? So, I mean, it, it, it sounds cool. Like, you know, you're in charge of the lab, so to speak, right? That that uh, you can do all the experimenting that you want and the creating that you want, which is kind of cool. Right, and I think one of the, and I think the most important part of movie making is the editing. True. Yeah. I think I think it starts at the script, and it ends at the editing. It should be the two most important parts of any filmmaker, because without a great script. What do actors memorize? They have no lines to memorize. Without a good story, why would people want to watch? So the writer gets overlooked a lot. I mean, I could name, I could give you five movies and ask you who wrote them, and you'll be like, I have no clue, and I'll have to ask you who directed them, and you'll be like, oh, so-and-so. And then when I tell you who wrote them, you'll be like, no way. This guy's an Oscar-winning director, writer, producer. You know, there's a lot of big writers like, 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 like Scarface, you know who directed Scarface, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah and I, I know who wrote Scarface. That was, oh, uh, there you go. That was, not, yeah. that was an Oliver Stone script. Yes, right. right. You know, right. And, and there's, you know, you know there's, there's, uh, Oliver Stone won an Oscar for writing Midnight Express. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I always go back and you know, remind people that Mario Puzo wrote the first Christopher Reeve Superman film, right? Right. right. Yeah, there you go. You know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> You know, and, and, and I think uh, I think Oliver Stone had a big part in writing uh, the first Conan the Barbarian movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he he you know cut his teeth as a screenwriter, right? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I worked my first movie in Hollywood was with Oliver Stone. I did Natural Born Killers. He cast me as a kid out of the Bronx. I went to Sundance with an independent film in 1993. It was a big hit. I moved to L.A. A week later, I ran into Oliver Stone. He loved me. He put me in Natural Born Killers, and boom, my career started basically from that. You know? And I was a huge Oliver Stone fan growing up. Like, like the films I want to direct, 
I want my style and my feel to be more of Oliver Stone style of filmmaking when he was in his prime. You know, more 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 so than Martin Scorsese because right away it's people going in New York. Oh, Martin Scorsese because you're Italian American, or you know, oh Martin Scorsese, or oh you know Francis Ford Coppola. No, the style of films that I'm going to create and I'm going to make are going to be Oliver Stone style films, realistic, harsh, you know, stories about you know, not about you know, not about like trees growing, but about serious subjects. But buddy films. Right. You know, I'm going to have some that are not just buddy films. I have four or five. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't films. realize that. I, I, I've I mean, written, I, yeah, I've written about 20 scripts. 26? About 20-something movies, yeah. I've written a bunch of TV shows. And, you know, I'm, I'm working on trying to get them made now, you know, and that's the hard part. You know, you can write all you want, but the passion and love of writing, you get the least respect. You know, you get the least, you know, like I said, as a writer, you get the least respect. As a director, you get the most credit. That's now, I, I want to ask you about the crowdfunding campaign specifically for a couple of minutes here as we, we kind of close up. But uh, you have this thing on Indiegogo right now. I think you had a big target, too, of about $350,000, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, and that's going until mid to end of March, I think it is? I think it's in the middle of March, yeah. So, so how is that process going for you, and have you gone the crowdfunding route before? You know, I've never done the crowdfunding route before, and I had friends at Indiegogo that said they would try to, you know, help push and help me with it. But it's kind of a, it's kind of a difficult process. We've had, so we've had tens of thousands of people go to the site, but, you know, very few kind of contributed, and I don't know what, why it's not. And, you know, it's kind of confusing to me. And maybe I didn't know if I was doing something wrong on the first time around and trying to make it – I don't really – you know, understand the crowdfunding route so much. It's my first time. So, you know, like I said, if you, you know, there's so many great perks. I mean, you know, for like $15, $20, you get a video message from me that you can blast out on your Instagram or your Twitter, you know, me thanking you for helping me make the movie. We're up to where there's perks where I cook, I come, you know, cook dinner for you and five of your friends at your house, you know, <laughs> you know, because I have a food line, pastas, olive oils, and stuff like that also. So, it's kind of like, you know, some of the perks, you know, you can come play tennis with me. We can go have dinner and lunch. Some of the perks are so personalized that, you know, it's like how many times can you really go have dinner with somebody who's like on your favorite show, like like Edgar, just say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Edgar, <laughs> Edgar, Edgar, come to your house and watch football with you. You know, I'll come to your house and we can talk 24 and we can talk Sopranos and we can talk movies and TV shows, you know. But for some, you know, you could be in the movie. You know, you can, and especially the young filmmakers out there, there's perks there where, for a certain amount of money, you can come edit a scene in the movie with us, which is kind of cool. You know, you can have your work, you know, for like, a, a, for, you know, all, all the perks are different. Some of them are higher than others. But even if we got just, you know, a couple of, even if we got 20,000 people to do the one where I send you a video message, and you can, like I said, you get it sent to your phone, and then you could blast and go, oh, my God, look, Louis Edgar from 24 just sent me a message thanking me for helping him make his movie. And for such a minimal investment, I think that's cool because I would do that, yeah. you know. For, sure, for some why not, right? Yeah, like if I, if I had a cool actor that I really liked and, you know, I have such a huge fan base that, you know, you know it's like people love Edgar. I get stopped 24-7 and Soprano guys. So it's like, you know, I would love if, if, I, if there was like Brad Pitt out there and he said, hey, I'm going to send you a 15. I'd be like, I'd donate 20 dimes, you know, just to have a video of Brad Pitt saying, <laughs> hey, Lou, thanks for the movie, you know. So, 
you know, I'm really trying to help. Even those little tiny donations help majorly. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how we can get that rolling. And, you know, and, and uh, it would be such a helpful thing to, for people just to come on in and, you know, donate $15, $20 just for a video message. Or, like I said, or donate whatever the other perks are, like for me to come to your house or for us to have a red carpet in your town, a premiere of the movie, you know? So there's there's so many fun, great perks that are on the Indiegogo campaign that I'm doing that, uh, you know, I, I, I really wish the people would accept and try to help and help it out. So, I mean, to that extent, I mean, you know, I, I know that you are very well engaged with your fans and, and you don't shy away from this. And I mean, it's great. It's always... You know, I always love hearing that, right? Uh, so in the spirit of that, Lewis, where can people go to engage with you and to contribute to Buddies and, and to, you know, just get involved and, and follow up on all the great work that you're doing? Well, they, the campaign is at Indiegogo, and you type in Buddies. Lewis Lombardi, you type in Buddies, and it'll come up. And you can contribute to there. Otherwise, you can go to my Twitter, which is at Lewis Lombardi. My Instagram is at Lewis Lombardi. My Facebook is Lewis Lombardi. You can go. You can spread the word. You can help me out. You tell all your friends about it. You know, like I said, $15, $20 just to get a video message. It's kind of fun in my eyes. You know, and if we get enough of those, we can make the movie, you know. And, and uh, you know, I would really love it if people could retweet, respread the word, however, however they can on their social media platforms would help so much get this movie buddies made. And, and, uh, you know, it would really mean a lot to me because this is like a passion project. Another film that I wrote 15 years ago that I'm still patiently trying to get moving. You know, and like you said, my, my belief is you never quit. You never give up on your dreams because eventually something will happen. And that's been my whole career. You know, I've really never spent any time in acting school or film school. And I've been fortunate enough to be on 10 of the biggest TV series in the world. And 50, 60 films and work with major actors of just, you know, being passionate about what I do, you know? Well, I mean, I'd even throw my podcast as an example of that. If you told me that I'd be sitting, you know, talking with somebody who's on The Sopranos and The Usual Suspects five years ago, I would have laughed in your face and I probably wouldn't have been very nice about it. But <laughs> but, but, but you're you're right. If you, if you stick to it and, and you feel strongly enough about it, then, you know, fate has a funny kind of way of, uh, of giving you the things that you need. Right. Yeah, not not just faith, faith, passion, and persistence. Because you can have all the faith in your world, all the faith in the world, right? And you can believe, but if you quit, it'll you, you'll never have the opportunity. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. You know. Yep. So it's about passion, which drives persistence. You know what I'm trying to say? Because when you're passionate about something, you want that stuff to happen so bad. And that's where the persistence comes in because you feel, I can't quit. This is my passion. I can't quit. And that's my, that's my mantra. That's how I live my life. I always believe that. If I'm very passionate, whether it's my food, whether it's cooking, which I'm, you know, very passionate about with my food and my food line, uh, it's like, you know, I, I just don't believe I can ever quit. And that's where the persistence comes in. And eventually, you knock on 10,000 doors. If one opens, guess what? That one can change your life. Well, what can I tell you, Lewis? It's been a big thrill talking to you today, and certainly if there's anything I can do to help you, then by all means let me know. 
Uh, I'll be putting the link out for you. I'm going to put it also in the liner notes for the interview so that anybody listening to this is going to be able to find the crowdfunding campaign. Uh, again, thanks a lot for your time today. I, I'm glad that we were able to get this done. Well, well, thank you. I'm sorry for the mistake yesterday, and I'm so glad that we got back on the phone today and it all worked out. And thank you for being patient and uh, and uh, redoing it for me. I really appreciate it, Casey. I really do. Thank you so much, man. Not a problem. And I'd be happy to have you back anytime you like. All right? You got, you got it. Just keep in touch and let me know. And, again, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Not a problem. So we've been talking with Louis Lombardi. Uh, again, his film is called Buddies. You can find us on Indiegogo. Very easy to find him all over social media. Very well engaged on Twitter. I can back for that myself. He's on Twitter at Louis Lombardi. Uh, that's going to about do it for me today. I'm going to be back at my usual time at 2 o'clock on Sunday. I've got two great guests lined up for you. Then uh, my friend David Baker is going to be dialing back in from Scotland, a great filmmaker out of uh, out of that air part of the world. And Rain Child, a great band out of Houston, is going to be on the show. I played them on the show yesterday. So, uh, again, a uh, big thank you to Chris Raffaelli for setting this up and to Louis Lombardi for his time today. Uh, until Sunday, uh, enjoy your week, stay warm, and uh, cut, print, wrap, and I am done. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.